Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today, I am joined again by my friend Mary Lauren Burdishaw to unpack a topic that we both have a lot of thoughts and opinions about. If you listened to the last episode, you know that Mary Lauren just graduated from Auburn, and this past summer alone, she was invited to 15 weddings and then in five weddings. Clearly, she is in the thick of the dating and the marriage years, and though she's never had a serious boyfriend herself, she does have a very good idea of what she hopes for based on what she's observed in her friends' relationships and also what God has laid on her heart. So we come into this conversation with Mary Lauren as the wise big sister and then with me as the mom of four girls, ages 12, 15, 17, and 20. I think a lot about the young men who my girls will marry if marriage is in God's plan for them. And we've had a lot of conversations about what to look for, what to avoid, and how to see the red flags. We hope this episode sparks conversations in your home with both your daughter and your son. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Well, Mary Lauren, welcome back to the show. Um, I think this is one topic that you and I are really excited to unpack because we both have a lot of thoughts and stories and opinions on this subject. So um, tell me a little bit about your summer and just, I think you're just, this is such a great topic. This is something so relevant to the girls your age and the girls a little bit ahead of you and also behind you. Just, you know, what you've learned being in this season of life at 22 years old and having just had a summer full of weddings and um, romances that resulted in that. Yes, it has been a fun summer. Um, I get asked, you know, being in weddings and attending weddings all the time, where's your boyfriend or who do you want to marry? And I'm like, well, haven't found him yet, but it's cool because I've just learned over the years that, you know, God is such a giver and everything he gives us and seems to be withholding for us, withholding from us is for our benefit. Um, And that's taken a little while to get in my heart, but even just getting to go on dates in college and high school, I feel like God has used so many different guys in my life to show me, okay, that, I want that in my future husband, but you're not my person. And that's something else he's taught me. Just because it's a good guy doesn't mean he's your person. Yes. Because I have been on dates where my friends are like, Mary Lauren, you have to marry this person. Like, (laughs) if you don't marry this person, I will. And I'm like, you can't explain just that peace you have in your heart of it being a no, but God has confirmed over and over and over that, you know, no good thing does he withhold from those who love him. And so I'm thankful for him and for his heart for me, you know, Mm, he doesn't want to withhold anything. He only wants to add the best things. And so I think that's true, even when something doesn't work out. And I'm tempted to be like, dang, that was, I might've messed up there, you know, like that could have been something good for the long run. It's like the Lord has just proven over and over and over that um, his timing and his ways are so much higher than mine. And his thoughts are so much greater. All this to say, because I have so many friends who have gotten married recently, it has highlighted to me, you know, important things to look for in dating because those things show up in marriage. Yes. And I think there are a lot of great qualities that we can find in boyfriends, but it's a whole nother thing to find qualities that are great in a husband. Yes. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And and I always think too, like, I mean, Harry and I will have, we'll celebrate 25 years next June of being married and then three years together before that. But it's just funny, like the things that I realize now that make a great husband and a great father and just a great life partner, mm-hmm. like you're not really thinking about it when you're 22 years old and you're like crushing on this guy at a fraternity party or, mm-hmm. you know, going out, you're newly, you know, new college graduate and going out on dates. But, um, right. but you're so right. And I think that 
I think one thing I've learned is God, especially for us as women, God God has given us intuition. Yes. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us discernment. Mm-hmm. And um, just don't, I think, you know, for girls to not underestimate your gut instincts and your intuition. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've learned about you is I think you have really good discernment. You really, you know, even like when you were looking at your job opportunities and you were telling me about those, I mean, you had some really great offers that a lot of people would have jumped on just because of, you know, opportunities that they presented but you just there was something in you that felt like it wasn't right and I feel like dating's the same way that you know don't be so desperate or so hungry that you're going to maybe not settle but just go with the wrong person just to have somebody to get married to or to Mm -hmm. date because all your friends are but just really discerning what is right for you Mm -hmm. and I think that's so important for the long term and um, you know one thing my dad has always said and I tell you what the older I get the more I'm like my dad is right (laughs) you know but he even tells the grandkids he's like you don't pick out your future spouse. You know, you don't pick out your husband. You let God pick them out. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to pick them out, you're gambling. And even as a mom, I've started doing that. Like, instead of me feeling all this pressure to, like, pray all these specific prayers, I really keep it pretty simple. I'm like, God, you know, you pick out their future spouse if marriage is in the plan. Because you know the future. You know what that person's going to be like in 20 or 30 years, if they will make a good husband, mm-hmm. life partner, father, all of that. Um, and also, you know, my prayer, I realized for my girls, it just really has boiled down to one thing. I mean, I've started praying, you know, God, even in the dating years, like just bring boys into their life who have a heart like you. Mm. Because I think if they have a heart like God, then they're going to have all the qualities that yes. you want. They're going to be kind and compassionate yes. and protective and, you know, nurturing. And, yes. you know, they're going to be a pr- protector and a provider, all those things that you want mm-hmm. in a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have a heart like God, then that just takes care of all of it. Yes. And I, sometimes I wish that God gave us a specific checklist of check these things off and you'll know that that's your husband. Right. But he didn't. Um, and so we look for qualities that point to Jesus like differently than the rest of girls look for qualities in a husband. You know, we, yes. um, people ask me, you know, what are, what are things you look for? And there have been many things over the years that have come and gone, you know, like athleticism, hard worker. I have four brothers and an amazing dad, so I have a high standard when it comes to the outward things and inward things, but um, really just the things that have shown up month after month, year after year, are the inward things, you know, just the way they talk, you know, the Bible says that out of the mouth comes what the heart is full of, and so the way a guy speaks, um, you know, not just about people, but in general, the way he speaks, that's a reflection of what's in his heart. And so if you have someone who complains or like, you know, whines or like stresses or, you know, talks down to people, you know, that demeaning spirit, like that's in his heart. And so that's one thing I've noticed. And also the Bible says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And I think that is huge. You know, he also says, dear children, do not love with merely words and speech, but with action and with truth. And so I think that says a lot about how a guy should lead. You know, he should have out. He should have fruit in his life that points um, to his heart and to his character. Um, you know, the things people say about him. Um, hearing stories of like how much he's blessed someone. It, the Lord is quick to show us things like that because He knows how important it is. Um, so those are two things that have come up over and over. Yes, that's so good. And and it's funny like. And I think, too, like even, okay, when Harry and I were doing, it was a trip for our 20th anniversary a few years ago. We had to go redo our wills because we hadn't done them since, I think, Ella was a baby. So it was mm-hmm. overdue. And we were adding our living wills in there. And then, you know, I think the 
the paper that, you know, so, so say something happened to me if I was in a car accident and I was on life support, like basically me giving him permission to pull the plug if he needed to. And I signed that paper without a second of hesitation. Like just, mm. I totally trust him to make that call. And he totally trusts me too. But I thought, this is so crazy. You're not thinking about this when you're falling in love at 22 years no, old. No, you're not. But I'm like, thank you, God, that he gave me that that grace and that discernment to know that he was the right one. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to like listening to your gut and listening to what you feel like God is telling you because mm-hmm. I could not foresee all the things, the situations that we would be in as a family and him as a father and a husband and all of that that has made him great in those roles. And I think my dad and his dad both did great in those roles as well. Mm-hmm. You can't foresee that, but you know, God sees it all. And so it's like you really are looking at the heart, it all comes down to the heart and the character. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have a, a mom friend and she's like, I tell my son, you know, the greatest gift you can give to your girlfriend is your love for the Lord. Wow. I know. Isn't that neat? And I, and I remember my dad, when he when we were little, he would sometimes, you know, tell us, you know, you put God first, family second, work third. And I remember as a little girl being like, why wouldn't we be first? Why, you know, like I didn't understand it. But it is so true. You know, like you want a guy or girl who's going to put God first. And I think about it even this way, you know, say you've been married 20 years and a spouse is tempted to cheat, you know, say if there really is some, some chemistry or attraction there, you know, what's, if somebody has put God first, that is going to be what holds them back. You know, like that's what's going to help them keep making the right decision, even in those hard situations, because, you know, even more than, more, more than, you know, of course they don't want to hurt their spouse, but then it's like that fear of disappointing God, you mm-hmm. know, and like, and not not getting his approval. Like you want somebody that that cares that much about God's grace in their life. And mm-hmm. I was like, you just can't, you can't always see that on the outside. And I think that's why right. it is so important to look at character and the fruit in someone's life and yes. who their friends are and what people are saying about them. And of course, you can't believe everything you you, you hear, but you do know when you're hearing the same thing mm-hmm. about somebody that, you know, there's got to be a little bit of truth to it. And I've learned too, you know, it works both ways, you know, like, they can, people can be deceiving, you know? And so, so I tell girls, if, if, you know, if your guy friends are telling you this guy you're, you're going out with, if they're telling you things that what he's really like on the other side that you may not be seeing, mm-hmm. listen to them. And it's the same thing for guys, you know, that girls, you know, sometimes can put on a good act for them. But if their girl friends are telling them that, that's not who she really is, you know, you don't hear her talking when you're not around or, or what she's doing to other girls. Right. I think that's so important to pay attention to. Yes. And I've been on dates with guys who say every right thing, you know, mm-hmm. they, they bring up the right points, they go to the right church, they, they say every right thing, but then I look at their lives and I'm like, something just doesn't line up. And, you know, we're not the judge, it's not to be judgmental, but it's, you know, if you're gonna, it's hard to talk about dating without talking about marriage, because you know, what you sow in dating, you reap in marriage and the decisions you make before you're married, show up in your marriage when you're one with someone. So it is important to to think um, critically and to pray intentionally and just to process things because then there have been guys I go on dates with who have the most humble spirit. Like they don't talk about themselves. They, talk, they ask me about me. Mm-hmm. And then I go the next weekend and I hear 20 different people talking about what a stand-up guy this person is or – you know, I'll go to a place like J.H. Ranch and I hear little campers talking about what a difference someone's made in their life. It's just 
that's way more trustworthy than what someone says because anybody can say anything, but yes. oh. they can be a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know? Um, oh, that's so good. It reminds me, my dad always said this growing up. He's like, if you're good enough, you don't have to brag on yourself because other people will brag on you. Yes, that is the truest you know? thing. And he was, you kind of, he, my dad was the same way. He was this amazing athlete. Mm-hmm. Like he still has some records that he played at basketball at Alabama. I mean, like I grew up when I would say my name was Carrie Cubison. I could tell, like, I would. it's usually, you know, older men, mm-hmm. their eyes would just, like, light up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I knew a Jack Cubison. Or, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. Like, I'm like, who is? My dad must be pretty famous because right. I mean, even when I was working, 22 mm-hmm. years old, I would get that. And this was 30 years after his career and mm-hmm. 40 years after his career. But the cool thing was he never talked about it. I, 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 like, I knew that my dad was something amazing as an athlete, but mm-hmm. not because of him, because he never talked about it. He's like, when I left sports, I left it behind. I mean, he just became a family man and started selling life insurance. And he only brought up those stories when we were like having a hard time or we needed a life lesson. And he'd tell us stories from when he was playing basketball or just, you know, the struggles or accomplishments or whatever. But it was always in relation to something we needed in that moment. But he never bragged on his history, even though he had a lot to brag about. But mm-hmm. other people did. And I think that's the humility that you're looking for mm-hmm. in a guy. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint until you see it in somebody. But when you see it, you know it, just kind of like what you're talking about. So attractive when yes. someone is so secure that they don't feel the need to defend themselves or compliment themselves. It's Anyway, that, that is a very attractive quality. And also, I think, too, um, you know, most girls desire these specific qualities and guys, you know, like we desire somebody who's kind and strong and resilient and wise and steady and protective and all these things that really do point to the Lord. But, you know, I've realized over the years, instead of looking so much for those qualities in a guy, it is such a blessing to become those things first, you yes, know? Yes, yes. And being single is the perfect time to do that because, you know, most girls do desire to be married and to have an amazing guy pursuing them. Um, and that's a pure desire that does come from the Lord a lot of the time. But I think, too, if he hasn't given it to you yet, to you yet he's giving you something better. And, you know, when and if that thing comes, the best part of it will be the closeness and intimacy that you've built up with the Lord that you can impart to your husband and he can impart that to you. And so I think seeing singleness for the gift that it is, you know, with um, faith that if God withholds something or adds something, it's for your benefit. We talked about that. But also just taking this time to really grow in your faith and to really seek the Lord while He's near and call upon Him while He may be found. Like, this is precious time to do that because it's like what Paul said, you know, the single person is concerned about the affairs of God, but the married person is concerned about the affairs of their husband which isn't a loss, you know, that's a gain when you're married to a Christ-centered person who, you know, wants to serve you and honor the Lord together. But um, I talk to my married friends now, and the things they say about their husbands of like, he just really serves me. Or, you know, I one of them was really sick after their honeymoon, and she was like, the way he took care of me, or, you know, he was literally picking me up off the bathroom floor when I was throwing up over the toilet and brought me back into the bed. I've just heard stories like that. And I'm like, you can't have that kind of patience or that kind of selflessness or that kind of, you know, dying to yourself to serve this person unless you know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if you want a healthy marriage, you know, you, you may as well 
practice healthy dating, which comes from just, you know, having a heart like Jesus. It all comes full circle. It totally does. Oh, and I so relate to that too. And I think about that as well. Like even, I remember when I had Ella, you know, first baby in the hospital and Harry stayed in the hospital with me for like three days, slept on the couch. I think he left to get food once, but just, I was, again, I was like, you don't think about these things when you're 22 years old or right. when he has been like holding my head back, you know, and I'm throwing up in the toilet or mm-hmm. going, you know, get me medicine in the middle of the night. I mean, just those things that not everybody's like that, you yes. know, not everybody has that kind of character that they're going to be that kind of partner. Right. And, um, you know, and I always tell girls too, I'm like, don't discount the quiet guys that sometimes I talk to girls and they're like, okay, the, the girls, guys are nice or they're jerks or they're just too quiet. And I'm like, okay, those quiet guys do not discount them. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the ones are, you know, else, um, you know, some, oh, he's just too much of a papa, you know, he's too, he's too much of an old soul. And I'm like, he's going to be a great dad and husband one day. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one you're going to want to marry. Yes. That you might not see it when you're young, but it, it yes. matters more and more the older you get. Right. And on the same token, you know, and this is true for girls and guys that, you know, you don't think about, so say you marry the one who has a little drinking problem in college. And, you know, that might not seem like a big deal, but if that problem continues, it's mm-hmm. just going to snowball over the years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you got kids and, you know, they're having their five o'clock cocktail and then they're driving your kids to football practice after mm-hmm. two or three cocktails. Like right. that's how those little things project over the long term that you don't always think about. Mm-hmm. And so I think, of you know, so many people think about, well, I just want to find someone who's fun or, um, you know, and I think another thing with this generation, too, is that, you know, girls can be very guilty of this, just their champagne taste and, you know, very accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And so they're just looking for somebody who can give them that lifestyle. And I'm like, you know, I had a friend, her, her grandmother used to always say, if you marry for money, you'll spend the rest of your life paying for it. <laughs> And, um, you know, like I want to live in this area and I want to have this kind of house. And so you're kind of like in that, you're determinant of who you're going mm-hmm. for. And I'm like, you know, you're just setting yourself up for some heartache and disaster there. You and know, I even think about what girls do to attract guys nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's wearing really cute clothes. It's having a really great body, um, having a lot of likes on Instagram, which none of those things are bad things to feel guilty about. Those are right. amazing things that are assets and gifts. But... When that's the main thing that you're using to attract a guy, that will be the main thing you're using to sustain the relationship. And that's just dangerous because those things are so shaky. Like Mm -hmm. what happens when the next beautiful girl or the next awesome Instagram or the next really cute outfit? I know those aren't really every, those aren't all the things people use, but those are just examples. It's like, that's going to be hard to sustain. And I even think about um, what kind of story, something I think about all the time is, what kind of story do I want to tell when I talk about, quote, finding my husband? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so good. You know, I don't hear, well, I do hear stories like this, and it's sad of like, oh, we Snapchatted for three years, and then he finally asked me to go to Sonic, and uh-huh. <laughs> and then and then we started dating, and now we're married. Or I hear stories of like, oh, we just like hung out late at night and like kissed, and then he finally decided he wanted to date me, and I'm like, it's oh. so sweet. Like, it's like, what do you say to that? Right. And it, it's sad. I mean, it's sad that that's yes. like how things run nowadays. Yes. But I'm like, I want to tell a story of God's faithfulness. Yeah. How I was living my life, eyes fixed on Jesus, running my race as fast as I can. And I look over and there's someone running right next to me. And, you know, that he's drawn to these things in me that aren't going to go away, you know? And, right. Um, we were talking about that verse of, 
you know, don't adorn yourselves with jewelry or fine clothes or fancy hair arrangements, but, you know, have the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. And I used to read that verse and I'm like, well, that counts me out because I'm not quiet. Like, <laughs> I love to talk. But the Lord has just revealed to me that that's so much more than an outward thing. It's like this deep, subtle confidence that God is in control of your life and that He's holding out for you. You know, that He's not going to give you leftovers or yeah. this like wimpy, like shy, you know, quiet guy that you're going to have to settle for. No, like He has His best in mind for me. And you know, he sees all of our hearts and he sees the inward qualities of um, just hearts that really trust the Lord. And he is excited to just add things. And I think we don't realize that decisions we make in our life in obedience to the Lord while we're single affect, you know, the relationship when it comes. Like, and you have no idea, you know, when you say yes to God in one way, you have no idea the other things he's going to add. You know, I've heard stories of mm, like, that's so good. I just decided to go to that ministry or to do that program. And while I was there, this guy was like drawn to me. And, you know, it doesn't always happen that way, but, you know, every single time you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he always adds everything you need. So that doesn't just go to, that doesn't just, it's not just talking about a husband. It's talking about, you know, friends and like opportunities and favor. And like, he, he's a giver. God is such a giver. And so everything, again, this keeps coming up, that He gives us and withholds from us is for our benefit. Um, and I just love that the things that the things that you sow to now, they really do show up later. And you want those to be the things that the guys are attracted to because those are unique and those are set apart. Yes. Yeah, and that's what makes you irreplaceable. Yes. I think about that too. And I wrote, I wrote about that in my um, 10 Truths Ultimate Girl Should Know. I had a chapter, I think it was on beauty, but it was basically about inner beauty versus outer beauty. And mm-hmm. I think, and the world encourages girls to put all your eggs into that outer beauty. Yes. To put it all into that show. And, you know, what I see with all these teenage girls is, like, they're absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And, like, girls don't even realize how gorgeous they are because everybody around them is gorgeous, too. Mm-hmm. And um, But I'm like, you know, don't put, don't channel so much energy into the outer life that you don't build an inner life for yourself. Because, you know, you do. It's, if that's, which is what's happening in a lot of dating relationships, it's all based on the physical attraction and that chemistry. But I'm like, if you're, if it's all based on the physical or the outer stuff, the outer world, you're, you're replaceable, you know, you will be replaced by the next pretty girl that comes along. Mm -hmm. And so it's really going to make a guy fall in love with you and Mm -hmm. like want to stay for 20 or 30 or 40 years, however long the marriage lasts um, until death do you part. I mean, it's that inner life. And and as you get older, you realize that your inner beauty matters so much more because Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well. She might be beautiful, but she's a pain. <laughs> like right. I don't, I just, I don't have time for that. Like right. the older you get, the more you're like, you don't care about that as mm-hmm. much because you care so much about the heart. And that's what makes you want to grow old and gray with somebody. Yes. Yes. And I have seen so many couples that seem so perfect on Instagram. And then I hear that, oh, they broke up because it was so toxic and the guy just couldn't stand her. Like she was, and I'm like, but she's perfect. Like, look at her. But that's just evidence that those aren't the things those might be the things that draw someone, but they are, they are not the things that sustain something. Right. And if even if you have to like manipulate yourself into a situation with a guy, like you're going to be manipulating your way into it for the rest of your life, and right, that's just too much pressure. I'm like, yes. I could not. I, I yeah, can, I and I think do. that I've, I've read that too, and I think I wrote about that in the book that you know girls complain these days that boys are lazy daters, but like they they don't have to be because girls will 
they'll make the plans and yes. they, they don't make the boys the boy can call her boyfriend can call her the night before you want to go out tomorrow night sure and she'll break plans with her friends to go out with her boyfriend but I'm like if you do that he's not going to make an effort you know right. like say no I can't go this time I've got plans but you know call me earlier call me at the beginning of the week next time yes and make them pursue you a little bit yes and um and I love that this totally relates the story you're talking about like having a good story to tell your children and your grandchildren about how you found love and started dating mm-hmm. but um I mean just this past weekend we were at 80 pie parents weekend for Ella and her friends and I went to brunch with some of the girls and their moms and uh, we were talking about how we met our husbands and there was one of her friends was like mom you got to tell them your story like the daughter was so proud of her parents story Aww. it was precious and so so the mom was like oh yes I think she's like well I, I moved to Atlanta after college and we actually were at like a, it was like a happy hour you know and she just started talking to you know this guy who became her husband and his friend and I guess he got her number and she goes he called me the next day and he invited me to his Super Bowl party that was that weekend so I went to the party and um and we just met and we just started dating after that and then her daughter and then her daughter is like adding to the story she was just glowing telling this part she goes what she found out later was that my dad planned that party just for her and so apparently her her husband is like he was kind of like the mayor you know like just loved everybody near everybody but he was not one to throw parties and so he just he he held that he threw that party to just for her, I have an excuse to see her. And she's like, yeah, I met his brothers. I met his friends. She met everybody in one fell swoop. And I thought, okay, if I had a son, that is so what I would teach him to do. Like, okay, when you see a girl or you meet a girl that's really something special, go the extra mile. Like, do something a little mm-hmm. extra that's going to be a story like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, not only you know, what that does for the, the woman, but then it's like her child, like seeing the, how happy the child was telling that story. Mm-hmm. And you just don't hear stories like that much anymore. It's such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I think there's people complain of, like, oh, well, guys just don't take girls on dates. And there's so many reasons for that. I mean, at Auburn, they joke, like, well, if I take one girl out and it doesn't work out, then I knocked out the whole friend group. You know, they have fear like that. But it's like, no. But also, you know, on the other hand, when guys ask girls on dates, because it, like, almost never happens, they, like, freak out and tell everyone and put so much pressure on it. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know. I think back to, like, years ago when it was just normal to, like, go on dates and, like, get to know guys. And I think about so many girls that say, I wish guys would just ask me on dates. I wish guys would just ask us on dates. And I see that because, you know, that's, it is fun to just go on dates and it be casual, but also, um, it's really easy when a guy's asking you on dates because it never happens. Girls get so excited and so attached and kind of put pressure on it of like, this has to work out. And, you know, we should, it should be a more lighthearted thing just to, that's good. to get that's, to know guys and, yes. and to, to guard your heart. Cause that's another thing. Like, it's just really important to guard your heart because, you know, I feel like when I hear my mom talk about when she would go on dates, I was like, goodness gracious, that's so many guys. And she's like, yeah, but I mean, they weren't there. It was friendly. It was innocent. And, you know, until your dad came along, like there was nothing serious enough to want to like put a label on it and really invest. So I think there's two sides to it. Like guys should take initiative and have the confidence because it's so flattering to girls, but also girls should have the ability to like guard their heart and not put too much pressure on something because, you know, it might not be your person, but yeah, I think that's so good. And I think it goes back to your point of being like finding peace with being single Mm -hmm. and just knowing that God has you there in that season. And, Mm -hmm. and I tell girls too, like, you know, 
I mean, obviously, you know, if you hope to get married, I mean, have your friendships with boys and all of that, but like, be thankful too, because that just leaves you more time to invest in your friendships. And I mean, 20 or 30 years from now, like those are going to be the relationships you're Mm -hmm. going to be so thankful you have. And, and even I have friends who dated seriously in high school or college and they, you know, and sometimes I think in several situations did not even marry the boy and they regret it. They like, I regret investing so heavily in my dating world because I didn't, I didn't really make friendships with these girls. And so like one was telling me, she's like, I remember, you know, I I put so much energy into my boyfriend that I should have put into my life that I wish I'd put into my life, my friendships and my dreams. But she's like, I remember he was running for SGA president. And so she stayed up late helping him make posters, but she had a math test the next day. Mm -hmm. So she goes, you know, he won the election and I got a C on my math test. (laughs) And I think that's what girls do sometimes. It's like, you just put the, you know, boy front and center and then you're putting all your stuff on hold. And then another one, she dated her, I guess it was her husband all through high school and college. And that was great, but she realizes that she should have invested more in her friendships at the same time mm-hmm. because she doesn't really have friends from that season of life. Mm-hmm. And so I do think it's such a gift, like, okay, I'm not dating anybody, so what can I do with this time that I might have five years from now? Like, mm-hmm. really use it to invest in good friendships, to, you know, deepen your faith, read scripture, do Bible studies, mm-hmm. and just know that God has you in that season to really grow closer to Him and to get your heart in the right place. And I always go back to this quote. I think I saw it on TV one time, but this man was, um, it was a pastor on TV saying that you marry to your level of health. Mm. And I think you date to your level of health too. Mm -hmm. So really when you're single, say this is a time to be getting myself healthy. Yes. And, you know, if you are healthy, you're going to attract other healthy people. You're going to have healthy relationships. But if you're not in a healthy place, maybe, you know, you spend too much or you spend too much time on social media or you, whatever your issue is, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to work out those issues in your life. Yes. So that when you meet the person, you're ready to be in a healthy relationship and they'll be attracted to that too. Yes. And yes, I think a lot of girls really do just feel unseen Mm -hmm. when they're not pursued, but it's like, instead of complaining about that, like to be thankful for it because you're not unseen, you're hidden and God might be hiding you because he wants to bring you into that secret place of really developing your heart and um, things about you that make you you. And praise God that the right person hasn't come along yet because if those aren't the things that he's celebrating and the reasons he's attracted to you, then you don't want him. Like you don't want him attracted to outward things that can fade, um, which is so true. Yeah. And you know, something else, you you made me think of so many different stories, but when you're talking about you know, the guy, that one that's telling you all about himself that really doesn't line up with what you're seeing in his life. And mm-hmm. then the one that tells you nothing, that does no bragging, but everybody else is bragging on him. You're right. Like, there's something very attractive and appealing about that. Very. But we have a friend that um, he has one of the coolest jobs. He they basically, he lives in a, a tech industry, a tech city, and they invest in um, technology companies. And they've been doing it. He's been doing it like 20 years. And he's very good at his job now, but when he started out, he was the youngest one. He was with all these older men. So he's like, I was just naive and young and just didn't know. But basically, this is a company that, say, the next Bill Gates comes in and they have a business they've built. They have investors that have invested money in their company, and they'll go invest in these businesses in the hopes that if it goes public, then their investors are going to make a lot of money. And so he's like, because he meets all these entrepreneurs, basically. And he's like, what I, the mistake I made at the beginning was like, this guy would come in, he would be like, you know, dressed sharply, you know, smooth talker, have this business. And, you know, he would leave. And I'd tell the older men, that, oh my gosh, we've got to invest in this guy's company. Like, this is amazing. And they're like, no, that guy's last two companies went bankrupt. You know, like just, there's a story there that you don't know about. 
and he called it he's like that some people put it on the storefront window he's like he's he was one of those guys he put it on the storefront window but then you walk in the store and it's empty there's nothing inside and so but he's like then some other guy would come in he's like you know 70 years old he's kind of like not as articulate you know like oh yeah you know just kind of ho-hum interview or whatever and then he would leave and tell the um and he'd tell the the older men we do not need to invest in his company and the older men in his his firm would say oh yes we do you know he just sold a business for 50 million dollars but he's just very humble and so but he was like he did not put it on the storefront window and i think that so applies to dating too that -hmm. you know don't be fooled by what you see in the storefront window that it takes time to get to know somebody's heart and their Mm -hmm. character and to just give it time to not rush into anything, guard your heart like you were talking about, and just trust God's plan for you. And yes. know that, you know, maybe if now's not the time you're dating or getting dates or having relationships, it's okay that he's got other mm-hmm. great things in store for you. Yes. And I think the people, when you think about what is the purpose of dating, same purpose of everything else in your life, to glorify God. And um, I just remembered the story of Ruth and Boaz where, you know, she was married and then when she came into that land, she really came to know the Lord, the God of Israel, um, and her mother, her mother-in-law Naomi. She got really close to her. Well, when her husband passed away, she had a decision: Do I go back to my homeland where I was grew up and like my people, like what's comfortable, or do I take a step of faith and stay in the land that I've come to know, the God of Israel, and with her mother-in-law, who she really grew close with, Naomi. And you know, they didn't have money. I remember. the specific things where, you know, Naomi had this estate and it was them two and Ruth would go into the field and, you know, gather grain and she just would go to the, go to the field and sow and sow and sow and try to reap grain for her and Naomi to literally to eat. And King Boaz, you know, who's over all the land noticed her and he was like, who is that? Um, of course I'm like butchering, butchering a lot of the words, but the, kind of like a Mary Lauren Spark Notes version. Um, and some of the tenants were like, that's Ruth. Um, she stayed here with her mother-in-law, or maybe they moved somewhere. But And also, I don't even know exactly what they were doing with grain, but I know that she was in the field <laughs> getting it. I'm, I'm trying, I don't mean to sound like a that's folks, okay. I'm not. But, um, and it just, her story struck a chord with King Boaz to the mm. point that, you know, he came to her and he was like, I've heard of your testimony, you know, mm. how... That's good. How you took a step of faith to follow the God of Israel and to love on your mother-in-law, Naomi. Also say, you know, long story short, you can go read the details in Ruth, but he (laughs) he ended up taking her to be married. And it's just such a cool story to me of like, Ruth just did what she knew was best in the moment, you know, Mm -hmm. followed the Lord, um, took a step of faith, even if it, it's, it had nothing to do with a husband or finding love, you know, her husband had just died. Right. That's probably the most hopeless she had ever felt about romance and love, you know, when her husband of, I think, 10 years passed away. Like, can you imagine, like, moving to a random land with your mother-in-law and just going out into the fields and, like, gathering grain? That just seems like such a lonely... I bet she felt unseen, you know? Mm-hmm. But she did what she knew was best in the moment, and then... Look what the Lord did, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't he didn't have to do that, but I think that's his heart, you know. He just and I think we miss when we disobey the Lord, it's because we don't understand his character, which is, you know, his heart is John Tinton. The enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but he came so that we may have life and have it to the full. And when you know that he desires abundant life for you, you know, mm-hmm. not in part but in full, 
not a boyfriend who's, you know, half cute, half fun, half attractive. Like he wants the real thing for you. Um, you know, you don't hesitate as much when it comes to obeying where he's calling you because you never know what what could happen. He wastes nothing. He uses everything and he prepares you for something you don't even see. And that's such a cool story, not only with dating, but just with everything in life. Oh, it's so true. And I, and I think too, I find it helpful. Like if I'm going through a hard time or something, I don't understand either myself or my daughters. And I'm just like, I want to be like, why God, why? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to step forward in faith. And I'm like, God, I'm just going to thank you in advance for your good plans for them or for yes. me. And that just helps my heart get in the right place. And I'm like, I'm going yes. to show you my faith uh-huh. by this is, I hate this situation and I'm scared, but I'm going to thank you in advance because I know you're going to work it out. And yes. I'm just like lifting up all the details of this for you to untangle, you know, yes. for you to deal with this. And I don't, that gives me so much peace mm-hmm. being able to do that and just yes. feel like I'm just trusting you. And then, I mean, that's, that's when faith, that's faith, you know, what is Mm -hmm. it? Faith is trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. Right. You know, it's not faith unless you, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't, you don't, you don't know all the mysteries of life and it's just like trusting we, but we do know God's character and we do know that all good things come from him. And we know that he is a giver. We know that we live in a world of good versus evil and that there is an enemy trying to kill, steal and destroy. Right. And, um, and I've just, I feel like I've never seen spiritual warfare, like what I'm seeing right now, Mm -hmm. but it just, it it just makes it more necessary for us to step forward in faith and Mm -hmm. be like, God, I just, I trust you, you know, more than anything else in this world. Yes. And, um, and I do think, you know, as, as far as, you know, for the girls who are listening, who might be single now and feeling a little hopeless or whatever it's just you know like my goal for for any girl is like just to be so firm in your identity in Christ mm-hmm. and so confident that whether you get a date or you don't get a date it doesn't shake you right. you know it's just a little bitty part of your story even if the boy of your dreams asks you out it's like great but yes. it's not like the center stage of your life story yes but it's just and I think that's a healthy place to be it doesn't put an unhealthy pressure on the on the boys and same thing for you know guys you know girls can do it too either way it can work both ways but mm-hmm. just keeping everything I mean it just all goes back to keeping Jesus on the pedestal not right. putting your friends there not putting a boy there or a date there or anything like that but just doing our you know our life calling what God is calling us to do and know that if we are doing this he's going to bring the right people into mm-hmm. our life mm-hmm. and like you said if you're running your race and you're running toward God, then one day you're going to look over and see somebody else who's running toward God. Yes. And that's probably going to be a really good life partner for you and all the things might work out. And um, and I even think about with my first book, I mean, the way I got my first book published, I wrote for seven years, so much rejection, I cannot even tell you how much rejection it was, there was. And so I never knew that rejection. I mean, Harry and I met at, what, 22, so I never knew a ton of rejection in my 20s in the dating world, but I did in my career, you know, Mm -hmm. like that is where I felt it. I mean, just like waiting and waiting and tears and hope and let down and all of those emotions because I would, you know, have so many bites or people that were interested and nothing worked out. But Mm -hmm. seven years of rejection. And then I just, it was when the internet was getting big and social media was starting, I'd started a blog. And um, I had a friend at Liberty Park Middle School. She asked me to come speak to some middle school girls and um, she'd asked me in the summertime, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come do that. I was writing for moms at the time, but she asked me to speak to the middle schoolers. And so um, anyway, so I wrote a talk for them. I was about to go do the talk, and we had a major tree fall on our house. It was a crazy storm one night. I mean, it was like I had four little kids, and I was looking at my calendar. I was trying to just eliminate and just cancel as much as I could, and I wanted to cancel that event. And I knew that my friend would understand. I was supposed to go speak to her girls. 
something in me was like, I just feel like I'm supposed to go. So I just trusted that feeling. So I went, even though my life was in total chaos and gave that talk, you know, didn't think much about it. Six months later, I'm, I'm needing something for my blog. And I'm like, I don't have anything to put out there. It's, it's um, you know, holiday season. And, um, and I remembered that talk that I'd written for those girls. And I was like, oh, I'll just take that talk and make a blog post of it. So I put it out there, and immediately it started getting shared like crazy. I'd never had an article go viral. It was my first article to go viral. I had all these parents emailing me, if you ever make this a book, I'm going to buy it for my daughter and her friends. And anyway, it was, um, that blog post found its way to an editor, Thomas Nelson. I got an email a few weeks later. They were expressed interest turning the blog post into a book, and that's what opened the door for me to get a book published. And so I'm like, I had spent seven years, you know, going to writing conferences and pitching to agents and sending emails and getting all this rejection. And the way that the door opened was totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I really, I looked back and I was like, it was really just because I said yes to that speaking event that I wanted to cancel on. Mm -hmm. And if I had not done that, then all these other things wouldn't have followed. But it just goes to show, like, just really, like we go back to discernment and listening to God and what he's calling you to do and just trusting those instincts, which... I do think we as females especially are very blessed to have Mm -hmm. instincts, you know, and just trusting that, that I don't know, either I do have peace about this or I don't have peace about that, but just really paying attention to those moments because I think that's how God speaks to us. So true. I mean, that's amazing, everything you just said. And, you know, I think, too, the author of all life, you know, he knows best how to live it. And what you said about thanking him in advance for what he's going to do for us but more than that, just thanking him right now for who he is all the time. Like, yes, yes. I want to make every decision in my life out of faith in that person, you know? Right. And even with dating, I don't want to make decisions out of fear of like, well, this might be the best I can get. Or, well, I'm scared of being alone, so I'm going to, well, I'm scared of being alone, so I'm not going to pass this up. Or, you know, well, I'm afraid that... I'm going to end up lonely and single. And, you know, we make so many decisions out of fear. But I think making decisions out of faith in who God is, he won't leave it. He doesn't leave the righteous forsaken ever. And I think that's really important to remember. Yes. And I um, actually, I pulled this from an article I wrote. I have an article called 10 Dating Truths Girls Should Know. And I, I was reading over it this morning. And it made me, you just made me think of a friend of mine. She's my age and she's single and she's very strong and she's not going to just date just anybody. She has standards, but she's like, Carrie, you would not believe the number of women just our age that are just so lonely that they're like, set me up with somebody, just anybody. I don't care who. And they're willing to settle. They just want to be with somebody, which is not a good place to be in. You know, you got to really get yourself in a healthy place to find a healthy relationship. But it reminded me of this article that I'd written. It was one of the most popular New York Times articles in 2016. I think the author's name is Alan DeBotton. But he said this about loneliness. He said, no one can be in an optimal frame of mind to choose a partner when remaining single feels unbearable. We have to be wholly at peace with the prospect of many years of solitude in order to be appropriately picky. Otherwise, we risk loving, no longer being single, rather more than we love the partner who spared us of that fate. And I just love that. And I think it's so true that we've got to be, you know, you want to be, I think it's best to meet somebody when you're in a good place, not when you're, you know, in a lonely and dark and solemn place and just willing to settle. And that's something we just have to know about ourselves, whether mm-hmm. you're a female or a male that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think of another friend of mine that she, um, she got engaged, you know, to a guy that she probably knew she shouldn't be engaged to. And she's like one of the most level-headed wise friends I have, but she was just in a hard season of life. It was after college. She was in a city. She knew nobody. 
she started dating to go long distance. He proposed. After a few months, she said yes because she was so lonely. And then during the engagement, realized it was totally wrong. So she had to, you know, make the brave decision to call off the wedding. She's like, I had 10 bridesmaids' dresses I had to buy back sitting in my closet. Like, she's like, it was a disaster. It was awful. But she knew that she would never have made that decision if she wasn't in that lonely place. And she just, she just knew that she couldn't carry that out because it wasn't the right thing. And so I think that we have to know that about ourselves, that Definitely. it goes back to being secure and solid. And Definitely. I have so many friends who will say, Mary Lauren, he has every single thing except the one thing that matters. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, like, you know, those things, they, they really are great. You know, I love someone who can make me laugh. I love someone who has confidence and, you know, is life of the party. I love those things. Um, I love humility. But the one thing that matters, you know, that's the only thing that's going to carry you through the rest of your life with someone. And so I think a lot of girls get discouraged because they're like, how how do I like find someone with that one thing and that I'm like drawn to? And I'm like, you know, I don't think the Lord wants to make it impossible. You know, I don't think we should have these like insane standards. I remember one time my mom was like, Mary Lauren, you know, you, you might not, you're not going to marry Jesus. And I, right. was like, <laughs> I was like, I know, but like she saw, I mean, she, she we were kind of joking about it, but it's like, I never want to like hold someone to the highest standard ever. Cause I can't meet that. You know, right. like I'm not going to reach a high stand, like the highest standard, which is Jesus. And I wouldn't want to, and I wouldn't want him to, because there's nothing more precious. You know, I think about waking up at like 6am and I haven't even like brush my teeth or wash my face and I'm like tearing up with chills and my heart is beating based on a guy I can't even see you know the Lord (laughs) I'm like you know my husband might not do that for me every single day but it's sweet that you know the Lord I think he does want whoever it is to remind us of the Lord you know and to be a pure reflection yeah he won't be perfect right so don't stress out and try to have this impossible list of standards for someone but don't settle for anything less than someone who reminds you of Jesus. Yes, yes. And I think it goes back to trusting those instincts, too. And I think even with Harry, I mean, like, I mean, I knew he was a good person. And I just remember witnessing things, like just choices he made that I was like, just reflected just a good head on his shoulder and good character. But I mean, when we when our friendship, when our friendship turned into a romance, I mean, we were at the beach and I just, I was just sitting there on the boat one day, he was driving the boat, this cute boy in these blue swim trunks. I'm like, he's really hot. You know, it's like, I just saw him through new lives. It's like, that's kind of how it started. Like I was a child, like, huh, my little friend, Harry, he's really hot. I just saw him through new eyes. But so it's just funny looking back, <laughs> but I'm like, uh, I'd laugh. I'm like, from that shallow beginning, you know, God, <laughs> God started romance. Like he really will meet us where we are. But, he will. Yeah. And so I have a, a friend that she always tells her daughter, she's like, you know, you look for two things in a relationship. You want lightning and you want help. And I thought that was good. You know, you That's want that. Great. You gotta have. You gotta have that attraction. Yes. But then you also have to have health in the relationship. And yes. I think to me, the health is the friendship, and mm-hmm. especially that's what's going to carry you through the hard times. Is mm-hmm. somebody who truly is your friend, and really, and that's where Jesus, you know, them reflecting the Christ-like character, especially comes in too, is having those those qualities. And I do think, like, um, and I'm not saying not comparing Harry to Jesus, but I think he has a lot of the qualities. I've probably learned more about the love of Christ from being married to him than mm. probably anybody else just because it's such an intimate relationship like nobody knows you like your spouse I mm-hmm. mean good or bad like he can know what I'm thinking when I'm not saying anything or when somebody else says something he knows my reaction in my head you know like he just they just you just know each other but like even 
his personality his his personality is a lot like yours. He's just calm and gentle and slow to anger and all that. And I'm kind of the opposite. Like I can be feisty and quick to action. And there's a need for both personalities in this world. But but just even watching him like in parenting, like when our kids were little, like just the way that I would get upset and angry. And he would stay calm, and but he could keep control of the situation. And it was just like it's just like Jesus, just like the love of Jesus. But like the girls would get, you know, if, when he did raise his voice, which was not often, they listened, you know. And mm-hmm. and we had we had one child that she, I joke with her now. I mean, she was the strongest willed toddler you would ever meet. And I mean, I look back and I regret because I was always just so I was just always correcting her. Just don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, I feel like I was always getting onto her. But Harry just had a special way. Like, he would just kind of take time. Like, come here. Come here and sit with me. You know, he would just kind of, like, diffuse the situation. And she listened to him. And I remember it kind of hit me that maybe his way was better than my way when sometimes I would just see her just randomly go up and hug him. And I'm like, she was not doing that to me. And so I was like, huh. You know, but I think it was just the way he disciplined her, but it was the way that he was doing it, that she was just so confident in his love for her, too, first. Mm-hmm. And it was all really done from that place of gentleness and compassion and love. Mm-hmm. And she felt that. And so that even influenced like the way that, okay, that I'm going to parent my children or just try to love other people. And I think that's what marriage does for you, too, mm-hmm. is it just you, you want somebody that's going to, that where you both feel like you got the better end of the deal. You know, mm-hmm. like you both feel like you outkicked your coverage, that yeah. like, I don't deserve him or I don't deserve her. And I think, you know, you're both helping each other become the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about, like, I, I think a great book, if somebody's willing to read it, I have it right here, is Tim Keller's The Meaning of Marriage. It is so good. But he has a lot of online uh, videos. I think he's um, he has a lot of single single people in New York who come to his sermons. And anyway, he just, he just writes a lot about being single and also what to look for in a partner. And his big point in this book is like a lot of people will walk into a room and they discount seven out of ten people based on looks you know and he's like you might be discounting somebody who'd be the best partner for you because all they're looking at is the outer package and so he talks about in the book how you know we tend to look for like we want the perfect we want the perfect person the girls are looking for the perfect person or guys are but he's like that's like looking for the perfect statue like nobody's going to stay who they are today 20 years from now mm. and he's like rather than looking for the perfect statue you're looking for a great piece of marble you know mm. somebody who's going to grow and be shaped with you and that you're both going to grow closer to Christ and and you're spiritual journey and I thought that was such a great way to look at it like who's going to really help you become the best version of yourself and then you can do that for them as well that's amazing mm-hmm. that's amazing it's like I don't we can't know real love outside of real love himself and everything you said is just like confirm that over and over and over like and I think about people dating now and I'm like is that working towards that? Like I just, because people just date for fun all the time. It's like this fun thing to like get a boyfriend and have a date to date parties. And I'm like, if you want to have fun, like go swimming or something, like do something (laughs) because this is like real stuff happening. And you might think that it's lighthearted and not serious, but I see people all the time, like get accidentally attached or like really invested in the wrong person. And then it's like, you know, you graduate college and you're still with that person. And the lightheartedness that started with isn't there anymore. You know, it gets, it gets really deep, really fast. Cause when you're dealing with a person, it doesn't stay light for long. It's, you know, it's, it's deep. And so I think we're moving that reality that like dating is lighthearted because it's really not. And it shouldn't be not to say that you should think too deeply. I mean, I'm like a very lighthearted person, but just you can be lighthearted and realize the weight of 
what's happening because it is preparation and you know it doesn't just end when you break up it's like things pop back up and there's literally no shame or condemnation for those who have you know gone too far or um had slipped up because we all slip up and I think it's important to remember you know God's heart for us is to go from single to married so dating you know again he didn't write about in scripture but he knew it was coming and he works in it and he gives us every opportunity to use it in a way that's glorifying to him but knowing that that is God's desire for us like to enjoy you know the full benefit of marriage with the right person Mm -hmm. so not feeling shame for having those desires but just praying for self-control to just you know to enjoy those things in the right context which is marriage and you know, for the person who's never kissed anyone, I have 22-year-old friends that are beautiful and so much fun who've never kissed anyone. And I'm like, there's hope. You know, there's that's not a loss. That's a gain. Because when you do meet the right guy, that is going to be a gift to your husband. Mm-hmm. I remember I've heard that so many times of just, um, you know, you're going to be a, that's that's a gift. And that's rare. And that's set apart. It's just something to be thankful for. Not to yes, be not embarrassed, embarrassed about. about. Yeah, yes, that's so good. It's so true. And um, one of the best things I've heard is our priest, Father Bob. He used to teach over at John Carroll, the Catholic school here in town. And he's like, I would always tell my students that um, he's like, dating is about rejection. You know, dating is about finding that one person you're meant to marry. Mm-hmm. And I just think if you could just go into dating knowing, and I'm not saying go in ready to reject everybody, you know, be rude about it, but just know that you know. It's 99.9% guaranteed that any guy you go out with is not going to be your husband. So take that pressure off. That helps you just enjoy it. Yes. Keep it lighthearted. But most of the people that you go out with are not going to be your husband, but you're learning from each one. And he's like, you're trying to figure out who's the, you know, who is the right person for you. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, with some people, you go on one date and you know, this is it. Like, uh, we are not compatible. And then he said, with other people, it might take, you know, six months to get to those hidden qualities that you can't see. And I thought about that. Like, I remember I went out with a guy that, you know, we dated for probably about a year, but he would not hold my hand in public. And that just, like, he was just real, like, just not, oh, I don't like affection and all that. But I just remember thinking, like, I want somebody who's going to hold my hand. <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't, re- I didn't even realize that was important to me until he wouldn't do it, you know, until that just, but that just wasn't his personality. And so, and then Harry's very affectionate. So when he, you know, he will hold my hand and do all that. And so it's just, you do learn from those relationships. And he's like, you know, sometimes it does take dating somebody a little time, a a little while to see, okay, Mm -hmm. I do want, or, or they, they want, they want to be part of my family. They come to my family events. That's important to me versus like, okay, they, they always skip my family events or they won't talk to me when their friends are around. Like sometimes you have to date somebody for a while to see what you do or don't like. Mm -hmm. And it's working vice versa. You know, they're learning what they do or don't like from you too. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and y'all are young, so you're all kind of figuring it out on each other. So you have to give each other that grace there. But um, I do think that knowing that dating's about rejection, it's, you know, it's kind of a, it's a good reason to just keep your relationships innocent. And, you know, I've always heard this too. I thought this was a good quote. If you, if you date like you're married, then your breakup will feel like a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so important for girls to keep in mind that, yes. you know, the more physically heavy it gets, the harder the breakup's going to be. It's mm-hmm. just like you just can't help but get attached. That, right. And especially like, um, 
you know, sex is a glue. This is one of the best ways I've heard it described, too. It was one of a church program they were doing for kids trying to explain sex in the context of marriage. But they're like, sex is a glue. It glues you to the person. And so in marriage, it's great. And it's created for marriage because it glues you to your spouse. But when you're dating, sex can glue you to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of just kind of tangles things up and it can make the breakup a lot harder. And and I think about, too, a mom that I know here in town that she was like, you know, I have a, a friend from high school that she dated and she was like, you know, we dated just a few months, but it was kind of friendly and innocent, like nothing really happened. So they're still great friends now. Their families get together. They can interact like that. But he dated somebody else in high school that was, you know, the same grade. And um, and they were more sexual and kind of a heavy attraction and everything. And their kids are the same age, too, but they, they can't talk. They can't hang out together as families. And so it's like, you know, the way that girl you navigate, girls and guys, you navigate your relationships now, it's going to determine when, and granted, they're going to come back into your life. Like people, I'm always like, people will come back into your life. You will turn around at a PTO meeting or, or your kids will fall in love at preschool or whatever. And so it's like, okay, do you want to be like, I'm so embarrassed, you know, to see them in the Piggly Wiggly or be like, okay, oh, it's good to see you again. You know, even if it, there was a heartbreak there, if I think sometimes when you try to keep it innocent and lighthearted, then you just or you can have that friendship and it mm-hmm. won't be there won't be that awkwardness there mm-hmm. but like you said no condemnation I mean God works in all situations and um, I mean dating is can be a complicated and tricky subject so there's a lot of ups and downs in everybody's stories but mm-hmm. um, but I like that concept of just knowing that dating is about rejection and that's okay if you know if you feel the need that you need to break up with somebody or somebody breaks up with you, it's okay. You mm-hmm. know, that it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just mm-hmm. means that that's not the right person. And it really does free you up to enjoy things and not, because I have so many friends, the second they get asked on a date, they're so anxious about it. They're like, I can't even go. I can't even go. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like go. And I think back when people are like, why are you like, just, why do you just enjoy like going on dates, like getting picked up, like that's good. riding in the car. And I yeah. think you just put words to it of like, because if this isn't my husband, who cares if he doesn't like me? Not really. Like, right, right. We want guys to like, every girl wants guys to like them. But there is that confidence of like, if he doesn't like what he sees, then like, I don't want him. Like, I don't right. want this to work out because like there, the Lord is just, I'm just so thankful our whole lives. He's been so faithful to all of us because back to what you said, he has, you know, um, allowed girls to date lots of guys sometimes because he knows that's what they need to like find the right one. And then sometimes he um, will, I've heard stories where a girl will meet a guy for the first time, date him for the first time, first kiss, first everything, and that's their husband. And that's a cool story too. And I think that, you know, he works those stories out in our lives without us even realizing. So we all have a reason to thank him right now just for how he's protected us and used us and um, led us. Yes, I agree. And um, and as my husband even has told our daughters, he's like, you know, the harder you try to impress somebody, the less you are yourself. And that will make you come across as fake. And he's like, who wants to date an imposter? You know, like God, a good me. guy's not going to want that. Some guys might want it. You know, they might like that show. But the guy that is going to be a good partner long term mm-hmm. is not going to want to date somebody who's fake or an so imposter. True. So I do think if you just take that pressure off the date, take that pressure off yourself and, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, being firm and I think staying in your identity in Christ, I think that can make all the difference in mm-hmm. how you approach dating and approach boys and yes. even a potential romance. And not making it an idol. Yes. Like not yes. putting it on such a high pedestal to where like that becomes the main thing because it's not the main thing. Right. I remember at our senior chapter, we were going around, this is kind of a funny story. 
but we were going around and we had to all say like how many boys we had kissed. <laughs> and I was like, like I was one of the first ones to go and they got to me and I was like, y'all, I literally just realized I haven't kissed a boy in college. And they were like, what? Really? Oh, I love that. And I was I like, that. and they were like, no, there's no way. I'm like, I'm just as shocked as you are. Like I literally like, <laughs> you had not even thought about it. I had not, it had not even crossed my mind, which sounds crazy. I love it. But I think like, I just realized that as we were talking, that's kind of like what it could look like in a way to like pray about something and surrender something to the Lord, but not put it on this pedestal to make it an idol almost of like, unless this happens for me, then like, I'm not living out God's best for my life. Like, cause yes. that's so not true. And, yeah. and, and, and to, and to put that in perspective, you said you have not kissed a boy in college, but you probably had a ton of dates. I did. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like you mm-hmm. had a lot of dates, but they were just friendly. Yes. Having fun. Right. Yes. yes. And I think that's so important and that you probably learned something from each one about what you do want or don't want in a relationship. So mm-hmm. it's not a waste. None mm-hmm. of them. One of my friends that got married, they like sat down and talked about everything they had done with a girl or guy before they met each other. And she said it was a really hard, painful conversation. And even though there was so much grace and like healing that came from that conversation, it kind of just made her realize, like, I wish I had just held, held out for the right person. Yeah. And I've, like, never forgotten that. And I think in the subconsciously, it's like, because I know that God is holding out his best for me, I don't want to, like, settle for something less or, you know, like, settle for crumbs when he has, like, a loaf of bread, you know, to, like, enjoy. Right. And, you know, I don't just want part of myself to go to him. I want all of myself to go to him. And... There's, again, no shame or condemnation because everyone has their stories and God uses everything to lead to the right thing. But I think just remembering that he really does have what's best in store for you. It'll help you make decisions right now that, like, prepare you for that. And I, um, you've just got so much wisdom. And I guess I just want to kind of wrap up here with you saying, like, okay, speak to the girls who are in that season of singlehood right now. You know, like, what can they do to grow in their faith, to find peace where they are? You know, what are some practical, just everyday tips of how to just really enjoy their, you know, love their life mm-hmm. and just know, just trust that God is a giver and he does have a great plan for their life, whatever it may be, and just trusting that in advance. But what can they do to really find their footing and their confidence right now mm-hmm. as a single girl? First, I would say ask the Lord. Beginning of senior year, I asked the Lord, how do you want to prepare me for postgrad? And I didn't hear his audible voice, but I kind of felt him in my spirit just say, be still and wait. Like I was reading in Psalm 4610 popped out, like be still and know that I'm God. And that just resonated with me. And I knew he was asking me just to wait, like wait on him for a job, wait on him for the next step, wait on him for an opportunity. And I did wait on him and I couldn't be more thankful for what I'm doing now, you know, even just getting to hang out with you and listen to you on this podcast. But I think you know, when we ask the Lord questions like that, there are so many other, there are so many things. I heard a quote recently that God is doing 10,000 things in our life all the time, and we might be aware of three of them. And so I think asking him to show you maybe one of those things that he's working on in you, you know, it might be an internship or, you know, a gift like writing or just something he wants you to invest in that you should focus on in that season because, you know, there's a season for everything, you know, there really is. And that the Lord might have, you know, a husband or a boyfriend in store for you, but it might just not be the season for it. 
And so just asking him to help you be in tune with what season you're in, um, I think you'll start not only just enduring the season, waiting for that, but you'll enjoy, um, you'll enjoy like in the meantime, before, you know, he answers that prayer to bring you a boyfriend, to bring you a husband, you'll have this grace to just thrive and enjoy where he has you in that season. Cause you have no idea how that thing that he's putting on your heart in that moment could lead to that, you know? God, that's so good. And then what about like scripture? Is there anything as far as somebody's just opening up their Bible? You know, you think there's certain, um, what do you think somebody that maybe is not familiar with the Bible that they want to get to know God better and they want to, to learn scripture better? What do you think is the best way for them to do that? I think honestly, you could flip open your Bible and get a little overwhelmed with how much truth there is about, you know, stories of, the tabernacle and long lists of heritages and names and that don't seem relevant. But um, even just like asking the Lord to show you where he is in those verses and to show you a characteristic of who he is in those verses. It's crazy how the whole Bible either like predicts points to, or like emphasizes Christ, you know, who he is to us. Um, But I think a good place to start is reading John, you know, just talking about, um, the Holy Spirit too, and you know how He came so that we might have life and have it to the full. Like that's His heart. And John, I mean, really all the Gospels, but I think John is specifically amazing because it really highlights, you know, the Holy Spirit and how how we have access to God all the time. And it lays out the life of Jesus and how He lived in the Holy Spirit day in and day out as sort of a guideline for how we can live today. Oh, I think that's great. And I, I want to follow up on that. And after maybe after they read John, read Acts. Mm-hmm. Acts, I don't, that's my favorite book of the Bible because I love seeing, I love reading the Gospels and seeing who the disciples are when Jesus is here before they get the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then Acts, I love Acts because it's like all of a sudden they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And these men, some of them that were like Peter, that were such cowards before, right. scaredy cats, which most of us relate to, they're yes. suddenly brave and bold for Jesus in the book of Acts because yes. the Holy Spirit has been given to them. So true. And I, um, I think it's just, it's so affirming and it's just encouraging to know that, okay, God wants to do that in all of our lives too. Those mm-hmm. things that have us scared or fearful that we think we can't do or can't handle. But just look at what he did, even in the lives of his disciples and how they had to start the new church and they were willing mm-hmm. to be martyred for their faith and just the things they were doing mm-hmm. to spread the gospel. I think it's such a good example for us to know, you know, God wants to do that for all of us. You know, he wants mm-hmm. to bring out all those God-given gifts in us. And then if dating or marriage is part of the plan, that will be part of the plan. But it's not like the plan for yes. our life. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. I think he just expects us to invite him into everything Mm -hmm. because, you know, he can't use that which isn't surrendered. He could, but like he's a gentleman, you know, he he wants to use the things that you surrender to him. And so I think remembering that too, like just learning to look for the Lord in everything, you know, you'll see what you spend the most time looking for. And something my dad told me when I was stressed about, you know, missing the right husband or missing on out on God's will when I was like, 16, he told me, he was like, Mary Lauren, if you are looking for the Lord's will, you won't miss it. And I like that just struck a chord in me. And over the years, I've just read so much scripture that points to it. You know, like when he says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. 
like the Lord is so near, you know, and when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And so not feeling disqualified from that truth, but just knowing that like the only thing that qualifies us is that he loves us, you know, like this isn't love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice for our sin. So take the pressure off to fall more in love with Jesus and um, just ask him to convince you of how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. You know, the only result will just be to love him more. Yeah, I just, and I, I want to end on that. I think that's the perfect way to end is just for any girl who's listening, just know how loved you are and you are not a mistake. Mm-hmm. And God not only designed you every detail of your personality and your features and your heart, designed it so intentionally, but also for this moment in time, this exact moment in time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you were made to serve your generation like nobody in the universe has ever served before. And like I said, a a boy might be part of your plan, but he's never going to be the plan of your life. So just really walk bravely and boldly into the calling that God has created for you and just listen to his voice and just obey him, surrender to him. God, you wake up. I'm I'm going to give you my talents. I'm going to give you my time today. Tell me how to spend my time. Tell me how to use these gifts you've given me. And I think as we focus on that, then it's going to create a life that is going to put us on the path where we are. We're going to meet the people we're supposed to meet, mm-hmm. whether that's just friends or you know boyfriends or whoever it is. It's just going to put us on that path that helps us become closer mm-hmm. to Christ. So true. Well, Mary Lauren, thank you so much for coming today. I love this as always, and um, you're just such a blessing. So thank you for being with us. You are. Thank you for having me. Okay. We'll see you all next week. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow the Girl Mom Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen, and leave a ratings or review so others can find these messages too. Also, my new book for moms called More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive is now available everywhere books are sold. This book is for girl moms and boy moms and full of encouragement no matter what season of parenting you're in. Find the link to this book and my other books in the show notes. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.